Welcome to another episode of Album for the Day with John E. and Jay. Album for the Day, November 17th, as we continue with Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees breakthrough album. Today we do Aerosmith Toys in the Attic, which is their third album. It was recorded on January of 75 through March of 75 at the record plant in New York City and released April the 8th of 75 on Columbia Records. It is eight times platinum in the U.S., and it peaked on the U.S. Billboard 200 at number 11. A year-end chart of 76 was number 15. Year-end of 77 was number 54. Still almost in the top quarter. Mm -hmm. Uh, Aerosmith inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2001 by Kid Rock. Thanks, Bob. Yeah. Um, this album was produced by Jack Douglas. Uh, previously worked on Get Your Wings with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, also worked with the New York Dolls, John and Yoko, Patti Smith, Cheap Trick. Known as the sixth member of Aerosmith, he was. Uh, went on to do Rocks, Draw the Line, Rock in a Hard Place. And honking on Bobo with them. <laughs> Can't forget that one. <laughs> uh, followed by music from another dimension. Yeah. With an exclamation point. Mm-hmm. In 2012, um, the man worked. Okay, so Jack Douglas worked on Robert F. Kennedy's 1964 senatorial campaign as a songwriter. I'm going to say that one more time because I had to reread it myself. Jack Douglas worked on Robert F. Kennedy's 1964 senatorial campaign as a songwriter. Mm-hmm. Well, there it is. There it is. Steven Tyler originally wanted to call the album, his, his quote was, I originally wanted to call the album Love at First Bite after the line in Adam's Apple. Hmm. I'm glad they went with Toys in the Attic. It's a little bit better. Agreed. Yeah. Um, this album... You know, this is a step away, um, and this was considered like hard rock at the time. Um, they were like, you know, coming from a place of being compared to Led Zeppelin. Can you? I mean, and I'm just like, man, it's Aerosmith. They're they're Aerosmith is great. They're great live. They're really good live. Um, and. And I feel like this album, the reason this album was their like breakout album, they had spent so much time on the road, um, getting tight. With actually, each other. yeah, getting like actually mastering their craft on the road and unifying as a vision. Yeah, being stuck in a van or a bus with these, and there's five people in that band. Five. Five. It's not like a power trio here. It's not the police, guys. Yeah. It's not Genesis. There's five people you got to get along with. Four other people you got to get along with, and you got to get along with yourself at the same time, which that's hard to do sometimes. And one of you has got to drive. And one of you, and several of you have a drug problem. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Toys in the Attic. Meanwhile, Toys in the Attic. <laughs> This is an album that came through because of that time on the road. Like, they got sharpened on the road, and then they get in the studio, and, like, all, like, you've been not doing nothing but sharpening your chops, sharpening your knives on the road. And then you get in the studio, and you're just like, bang! And you just start chopping it up. Well, because it, your whole mentality at that point is, 
I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for this moment. Bring it. Yeah. On. To do something new. You're not just playing the same songs every night in the Give same me the order. Thumbs up. Yeah. Let's do it. And so then they come out with sweet emotion. One of the arguably one of the best bass lines of all time. I mean, that is it's it's the most memorable baseline in Aerosmith's catalog for and, sure and also known as one of well it's definitely I, I don't know an argument it's definitely the best Aerosmith song co-written by Tom Hamilton oh um it, it's it's amazing yeah. like it's it's hard to imagine even when you're a musician somebody writing a song as a bass player because you're getting one aspect. It's not like a guitar or a piano or something like that where you get all across the whole staff. Mm-hmm. You're kind of coming from one aspect with that mm-hmm. and being able to build an entire piece Song of after. art out mm-hmm. of that mm-hmm. is adding, you know, like 75% to it beyond your norm. Right. And so that's awesome. But that's the great thing about these guys is they were unified and they could do stuff like that. Um, Steven Tyler actually said that at least some of the lyrics on Sweet Emotion are about uh, Joe Perry's wife having conflicts with the band members' wives. Well. So go back and listen to it with those ears. Um, uh, you know, like, and again, that shouldn't affect, I mean, it would affect their mentality, like, in a, in a, in a band. Because if your wives are arguing... That sucks. Y'all gotta end up dealing with But it's with also that. like they're on the road together as a band, you know, like, uh, yeah, that, that would have had to have been hard. That would have had to have been hard. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So, Uncle Salty, um, I'm not even going to go into my interpretation of it. I'll just give you Steven Tyler's quote. Salty worked in a home for lost children and had his way with this little girl. That's what it's about. I put myself in that place. I'm the little girl, the orphaned boy. I'm Uncle Salty, too. Mm. Unquote. Mm. So there's that. Um, Toys in the Attic. Uh, Steven Tyler said that Joe Perry was jamming a riff. I started yelling, toys, toys, toys. (laughs) And it was organic, immediate, and infectious. I just started singing, and it fit like chocolate and peanut butter. Joe plays his ass off on that song. Unquote. That was not me making a chocolate peanut butter joke. That was Steven Tyler. Dude, Joe Perry is a beast. He's he's a beast. Bamf, dude. Dude, he is. Sometimes I wonder what the Stones would have been like with Jagger and Perry. I think about that, and we move on to. uh, (laughs) I'm glad. I'm glad that that never happened. Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm glad it never happened. But you know, it's kind of it like be, that movie be, yesterday it, with it, about the Beatles but, and what if they'd never happened? What else know, wouldn't have happened? But you know what else? I said the same thing about Pete, like think about Peter Tosh and Mick Jagger. You know, from a previous episode we talked about. You know, like I would never have put them together. No. So maybe 
Maybe Joe Perry and Mick Jagger. I would Jagger never have put there. David Bowie and Bing Crosby together either, mm. but you know, it's, it's about album. to be a sweet season to check that one out again. <laughs> Just nuts roasting on an open fire. And then David Bowie, Bowie standing in a dress. <laughs> All right, let's get back to <laughs> Toys in the Attic. <laughs> oh my God. Oh um, man. Walk This Way. How about we get to Walk This Way? Boom. Huh? Great song. Uh, Walk This Way, I feel, one of the best rock and roll songs of all time. So 11 years after this, in 1986, um, Run DMC was like, dude, that is dope. And see, this is the reason I put this song in the top rock and roll songs of all time, is because... It's versatile. It literally changed, like it was a crossover song, in from rap to rock, it created bands, such as Limp Bizkit. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It didn't. It kind of did. I need a three dollar bill, y'all. I need a, uh, yeah, but it was like, but it created bands that weren't afraid to rap, weren't afraid to rock. You know, like think about uh, Rage Against the Machine. Think about all those bands that came out in that you know late ninety, mid to late nineties that had that sound, it and that's all because of Run DMC listening to Walk This Way and being like, you know what. We need to wrap that. We need to wrap that. But to but have, have the something, band play. To have something that's that versatile, though, your your bass has to be freaking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It's got to be like a 9 or a 10 for it to translate that well across there. And to hear that Steven Tyler wrote the lyrics at the hotel the night before and left them in a cab on the way to the studio the next morning and Fantastic. was like, oh... Sugar Rush Fudge (laughs) Sorry we're coming up on Christmas Um, So he disappeared into the stairwell At the record plant With a tape of the instrumental track On a cassette player with headphones And some number two pencils But he forgot paper So he wrote on the wall At the record plant's top floor And down a few stairs of the back stairway After two to three hours he got a legal pad and copied it down and ran back in and was like, let's do this. Clearly, he didn't know how to ask anybody. Hey, man, you got a piece of paper? <laughs> He's in a stairwell. In a st- hey, man, bring me some paper. Oh, God, that's too funny. Uh, Big 10-inch record was originally an R&B record for dirty blues artist Bull Moose Jackson mm-hmm. in 1952. Definitely worth checking out oh, that, so as well as the Aerosmith version. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, No More, No More um, was Joe Perry and Steven Tyler and uh, wrote that one. Steven said, uh, the lyrics came from my verbal diarrhea, a mishmash that I made up and eventually changed the lyrics to something cool about life on the road. Boredom, disillusion." Holiday Inn, Stalemate, Jailbait, My Diary, unquote. And uh, if you are listening to Big Ten Inch Record, the Aerosmith version, Steven Tyler insists that he sings Sept on my Big Ten Inch Record and not Blank on my Big Ten Inch Record. You be the judge. Um, He also says that if you play Sweet Emotion backwards... They recorded backward hand claps and chanted F.U. Frank 
not the letter, the word. Um, Jack Douglas, the producer, said it was thank you, Frank. Either way, they were referring to Frank Connolly, their first manager. Mm. God bless them. So if you got vinyl, if you got a CD, if you're streaming, there's something for you to discover a little bit deeper in Toys in the Attic. Awesome. Uh, today's album for the day, uh, November 17th, is Toys in the Attic by Aerosmith. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at album the number four the day. Uh, give us a follow, subscribe wherever you listen to us, and feel free to email us with your suggestions at albumfortheday at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow. Just a little kiss like this. If you're listening on Spotify, after starting the podcast, you can search for the album, use the three dots, and hit add to queue. Now the album will start as soon as the episode ends. Woohoo!